Hey everyone, producer Jenna Spinelli here with a quick update about this episode. One of the guests that we talked to, Angie Cerrone, was at the time we recorded in September of 2022, the Director of Journalism Sustainability at Richland Source in Ohio. She has since moved on to become the Mansfield Richland Area Educational Foundation Director at the Richland Area Chamber of Commerce. So she's still doing great work for the people of the Richland area. Area. And now here's Candace Fortman's conversation with Angie Cerrone and Anjanette Delgado. Our two youngest publications, the lead reporters there, decided to challenge the readers. One said that he would eat a raccoon at the raccoon festival if we reached our member goal. And the other said he would jump in the lake in the freezing lake in January for the polar bear dip if we reached our goal. So that really... Uh, it was fu- it made it fun and engaging for the readers. The readers appreciated that, that the reporters were putting something on the line and things that matter to the community, events that mattered. News organizations sometimes get so busy doing the work that they forget to track their impact or tell the story to stakeholders, including the people most likely to support them financially. In this episode, you'll learn how you can make time for this important work and why you should. Joining us for this conversation is Angie Cerrone, Director of Journalism Sustainability at Richland Source, a Lion member in Northern Ohio, and Anjanette Delgado, Executive Editor of the Detroit Free Press and contributor to the Media Impact Project at the University of Southern California. Angie and Anjanette, welcome to News Guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Anjanette, we're going to jump right in, and we're going to go right into this question that I think um, a lot of newsrooms are asking themselves. What is the value of tracking your impact? Well, it's a great question because the value of this, if you think back to why we all got into journalism in the first place, right? If you ask a room full of 100 journalists why they did um, 99 of them probably will tell you they got into it to to make a difference. And if you're not tracking impact, you just don't know whether you did or not. And that's that's the key reason, right? You have to pay attention to what happens after you publish. You know, if I could back up a second and just say also it's important to have conversations too among your staff to understand what's important to you to begin with. And if you don't if you don't all agree on what's important, it's going to be very hard to, to agree what you should track, right? We at the Free Press value the difference that we can make in our communities. And we look at Detroit, Metro Detroit, also the greater state of Michigan as well. That's important, although our focus really is on, on Detroit and the surrounding area. And what matters to us um, is that we can see change. We can see, you know, law change where it's necessary, policy change where it's necessary. We can see, you know, that that people reach out and help others in the wake of our coverage. You know, those types of things make sense to That's us. That's right. And then, Angie, I'm going to move over to you. So let's talk about impact at Richland Source. What counts as impact for your organization and for your community? Similarly, we track impact. Our reporters you know, track impact in their specific beats, whether it's city council, county commissioners, uh, education, school boards, community development efforts. So we're looking at the progress 
short term and long tail of what decisions are being made by these elected officials and uh, how has our reporting been referenced or contributed to informing these decisions. So we use a impact tracker for our reporters to look at internally, and then we have uh, impact surveys within many of our sections that say, what is the impact of our reporting? So we allow our readers to weigh in as well. I want to stick for a bit with your readers. When you're asking your readers about impact, have you heard anything back to them about even the idea that a newsroom would ask them about how a story has impacted their lives? Are you hearing anything about even the idea that they're being asked that question? People feel refreshed that the our media outlet is asking, and they're giving us great feedback that they do feel more informed, that even their perspective is changing on the issues we're reporting, that they're making decisions. So it's really a great two-way conversation where we're able to hear from them and then report back with more things, issues, and conversations they care right. about. I'm going to start with Anjanette on this question, but it is going to be a question for both of you. So our newsrooms are busier than ever. We're doing what we've always done, often with less people. So what systems are you putting in place in order to be able to do this tracking work? And let's get real specific. If you've got tools that you can share, advice you can share for the folks listening um, about which Airtable template they should be picking up, uh, let's get into some real details here. So Anjana, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Um yeah, and it, it's true. I mean, even at a newsroom our size, I mean, we employ more than 100 journalists, but even with that, you know, we all have competing interests and other things we need to do, right? And the, the thing about impact tracking is it's not a server metric. The computer's not going to do it for you, and nobody's going to post online saying thanks to the Detroit Free Press for doing X, Y, and Z every single time. So you're going to need to know it. You're going to need to pay attention as a reporter, especially what happened in the wake of my journalism. What we use is um, a simple form. And back a few years ago, when I started tracking impact, when I was working in New York, we built a SQL database. We built an entire system. You have to commit to having developer resources for years and years and years if you're going to do that. And it's um, often not sustainable. And so you can use something as simple as a Google form. And then it dumps the information back into a spreadsheet. And you can start to look at it from there. Uh, Julie Christie at Resolve Philly has this wonderful Airtable solution that is just, she's done phenomenal work. And I think she's open sourced that. So you can take a look and find that online. I highly recommend that. And when you use a form, I think, and you get the data back in some sort of a spreadsheet, I think the really important thing is to figure out how to tie this to your metrics. And so how can we take this information and put it in the other reports that we see every day? Because if you're not looking at this alongside page views and subscription conversions or whatever it is that matters to you as a newsroom and as an organization, it's going to be siloed off to the side and you're going to check it sort of every once in a while. But your staff especially is going to know that the thing that matters to you is the page view or something like that if this is not alongside That's that. right. I have fangirled the Resolve Philly impact tracker 
often on this podcast and often in real life, it is really remarkable to see. Um, it is one of the most thorough impact trackers I have ever seen. Um, so if you've not had a chance to take a look at it, I would highly suggest you go and look at what Resolve Philly is doing for impact tracking. Angie, I'm going to move over to you. What is happening at Richland Source? Give us all the details. Um, and, and if you can, um, tell us how are you making it work for both the reporters and also for the business side of your operations? Because I know that you might also be using it for, for membership and for grants and for other things as well. I would say to have strategic conversations, including the reporters and the business team as a step one to set quarterly goals. Uh, so all those are in place for you know, what are our goals for engagement this month, for solutions this month? And then that all plays into impact. We've had the privilege to be involved in the local media association fundraising lab, and then the solutions journalism network beacon cohort. So those have really helped us think through our process and our workflow from a story assignment to editing flow to how we market it and then how we track impact. So I'd recommend thinking through that whole process and having the marketing and business folks in the room with reporters. Um, and then reporters, it's um, been amazing to see their journey from you know, really just thinking about the story to the whole package of how are you going to put this on social media and market it in track impact. Yeah. Angie, we were joking before the podcast started that we're going to start um, impact week, kind of like infrastructure week for government, right? And so really thinking about the importance of tracking impact. But we know that there are sometimes folks in our newsrooms that don't you know, like to receive praise. There are folks that are reporters because they, you know, they like to do the job of reporting, not because they need the praise from reporting. And sometimes impact tracking for them can feel a lot of like a lot like tracking praise. So how do you talk to the folks that are more reluctant to fill out those forms and to let us know when there has been a, a success or a win due to the reporting or their work? Um, how do you convince those folks that are a little bit more reluctant to get on board with tracking their impact? Yeah, our organization has gone through a big cultural shift about four years ago. We went through the then Facebook Accelerator for Journalism, and that helped to see that reporting and membership and fundraising is everyone's job. Um, so that's been really transformational. And since then, you know, it's really the gentle reminders. This is what we stand for. This is what we're, our newsroom is about informing and connecting the community and everyone plays a role. And so it's the friendly reminders to track impacts. Don't just tell us in Slack that there's been an impact, but put it on the tracker so that we have it. Um, and it's just along the way in weekly meetings and, um, any one-on-one -on -one conversations, reminding people of why we do what we do and how they play a crucial role. That's right. Somewhere um, my team will be listening to this and saying, that's right. Don't just put it in the Slack. They're going to point at me and say, yeah, they're talking to you. Don't you just put it in the Slack, put it in the actual form. So I am listening um, to my team about that. Thank you for that reminder, Angie. Angina, I want to move to you. There's something that you said about impact tracking that I think is incredibly important and that we should be looking at it as the internal memory of our news organization. So really also about tracking the history. So let's talk a little bit more, a little bit more about impact as institutional memory. 
it's fascinating when you get into that, right? Because then you're able to, especially at an organization like mine that has been around since the 1800s, you know, you can really go back into the institutional memory. And it helps, I think, especially when you think about retention for employees, you know, it helps them to understand that they come from an organization or they're, they're part of an organization that really has this in its past. You know, we can go back 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 100 years and talk about some of the, the change that's come in the wake of the work at the Free Press. And it's, it's incredibly valuable. And I think for us as a for-profit organization that is also getting grant funding and also turning to subscribers, right, to act as funders of our journalism, I think there's a, there's a role, too, to say that not only did we see results after this particular work that we did just this year, but you can trust us to do this kind of work over time. And there's there's value there in tracking your institutional experience. That's absolutely right. Um, Angie, eventually our impact does leave our building. Um, sometimes it shows up in reports and certainly in annual reports. Let's talk about how you're using that impact work outside of your building. Who eventually gets to see it? How are you using it to cultivate maybe membership or donors and in other ways that you're you're talking about your impact in the community? We put together an impact report annually and reporters, editors all contribute. It's, it's done by committee and we take into account the anecdotes plus the, the data. And we put together a printed version and send it to our corporate partners as well as you know prospects that we'd like to speak with. Uh, we then set appointments to review the report with them and talk about the highlights and, and how we feel uh, the last year went and how we impacted the community. And um, that is really our case for support and fundraising vehicle as well. Uh, we're able to then, you know, list out our corporate sponsorship levels and invite people to partner with us. We then have a digital version that we can email to prospects. And then we take parts of our impact report, you know, and break it into email campaigns as well. Hey listeners, there's more of this episode coming right up. But first, I've got to ask a favor of you. If you've learned something from this season of News Guests or been inspired by one of our amazing guests, can you please help us spread the word? It only takes a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share a link in Slack, or post in LinkedIn. Small actions from listeners like you are the number one way that podcasts like ours grow. So thank you in advance for putting in a good word for us. And now let's get back to the conversation with Angie and Anjanette. Angie, I'm going to I'm going to um, tap you to get a little bit more in the weeds on that. Let's talk about the amount of time that it's taking you to create those um, reports. When do you start creating those reports? When do you like to have it out of the door and into the hands of those folks that, um, you know, that can help you with corporate dollars? So what does the timeline look like for creating those reports? Since 2018, we've been creating the annual reports. Traditionally, we would start right about now in September and start looking back at the year, uh, asking each reporter what 
uh, impact they've seen. And we would also hold a whiteboard session to make sure we've captured every possible idea. And then from there, the editorial team and publisher and I would whittle down the the big ideas and then come up with some themes and include the reporting that fit in well with the theme. Uh, we would include you know, a section on everyday citizens leading change, and then our engagement journalism, our solutions journalism, and then how, you know, the readers are a part of the story. We would take them on a journey from you, the readers are the heroes of the story. Uh, We are your guide uh, that can help you find your pathway. Um, And that is a story brand tactic that we use. Um, So it does take several months, typically, two months to do all of the planning, writing of the drafts, editing, working with our designer. Um, This year we decided that we would like to include the whole year. Uh, So we will start planning later in the year in December and then put the impact report out in quarter one so that we don't leave out any important impact in the fourth quarter. But it's about a two month process from planning to writing designing and then getting it out there. Right. Door. I really love the idea of moving it into the top of the year, knowing that Q1 is often a time where it's a little bit slower um, and it gives you a little bit more time to really be able to fully tell that story. I really appreciate that pivot. Anjanette, the impact that the Detroit Free Press has often ends up in the Sunday newspaper, which is a interesting time to print something. I mean, that's when you have the eyes of the whole city on you. What does it look like um, to for the free press to talk about impact with the community in that Sunday newspaper? You know, we've, we've published it several ways, just like Angie's talking about in newsletter campaigns. And, and we do a glossy edition that's stapled that we can take to say newsmaker events or, or hand out to staff. We've tried publishing a story online or a list of stories, that type of thing. What's really powerful is when you can hold it in your hands like you can in the Sunday newspaper. And, and you know, we have to understand these days that's not the total sum of our audience. And so we can't just do that. Right. But that's where it has the most power. And that's also why we've started doing the glossy edition as well is because we want to be able to to take something that we're really proud of and put it out there so people can hold it in their hands. And we we did. um Last year, we had a little over 40 different impacts we reported in the total of a year. And so that made for a nice section. Now, someone else might take a look at our impacts that we've listed and say, well, my bar is a little different. And so I might look at those and say, well, I'm only going to count 30 of those or I might have counted 60. You know, it's it's where is your bar? And that's where our bar is. And so we pulled together 40 something and and put them in a nice addition. Okay. So I'm going to ask you something, Anjanette, based on this. So if there are 40 Uh things that are going in the impact tracker, there are a thousand Uh things that don't get to go in the impact tracker. Um, And in that final version in that annual report. So how do you deal with the things that don't get listed in that report? And particularly when someone really feels like maybe they had a story that year that should be represented in that, how are you having those conversations internally um, when something doesn't make the cut um, into that final report? Yeah. And I, I do get a few, right. That I reject every year. And, and the important thing is I think 
people should understand upfront what true impact means to you and to your organization. So if it means that someone else picked up the story and ran with it at your organization because that's media amplification, then that matters, right? And so count it. We've said upfront that that's not what we're tracking here. Um, other things I've seen submitted might be change that happens out in the world that's not connected to your journalism or even just a good news story, right? And you have to turn back and say, no, you know, we've set the bar high on purpose because we want people to understand that when change happens, it's important and it's significant. And it might be at the individual level, right? It mostly, or it might only impact one or two people, or it might be a policy change that affects the entire state of Michigan, but at least you understand that there's a bar and you have that conversation. And and I think too, you help someone understand for the next time, here's what we're looking for. That's right. For. Clear goals are important in all types of relationships and particularly when we're um, dealing with uh, final reports. Mm-hmm. Angie, in 2021, Richland Source used its annual report to really talk about its shift in a different direction and how it's shifting the reporting it's doing. Let's talk a little bit about how you use that time to talk to your audience about how things were going to be a little bit different in the reporting that you all were doing. In 2021 and now into 2022, the focus really has been on listening conversations. And last year in 2021, it was uh, listening around elections, our talk the vote. And now it's our citizens agenda reporting as a response to talk the vote. Um, So it's uh, wonderful to be able to do that, to allocate our resources on responding to what our readers care about. And, you know, these issues are not just election specific. It's infrastructure, it's communication between officials, city officials and school boards. It really covers the the full spectrum of what it takes to have a thriving and vibrant community. So that's been our approach and we plan to continue doing that, having ongoing listing conversations so that our reporting is based on the, what the community cares about and that we can have effective responses. Sure. So Angie, we're coming up on year-end giving for um, many nonprofit newsrooms and you know, you're starting to think about what those email campaigns might look like. And one of my favorite things is to read reporters talking about their work in those emails um, and really talking about the impact that their work is having from that first person point of view. How are you working with the reporters in your newsrooms to craft communication around impact and the and 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 also supporting uh, the fundraising efforts of your organization? Yes. So a good example of this is last year's end of year member campaign. Uh, we, I, and our editorial team crafted a campaign that was in our brand voice talking about the impact from the past year. And then uh, we asked reporters to write a email in their own voice uh, that could be sent to their personal networks too. Uh, But their, their emails were so strong that we ended up sending out to our full contact list. And those emails performed better than those that were coming from the brand and the it was every reporter in our organization writing about you know how long they've been in journalism why they do what they do why they're so passionate about local journalism and you know their favorite coverage from the past year that they've written so we kind of a few reporters led the way we created a template and then it spread so we had 
you know, 20 emails. We had our reporters leading the way and then our business team followed. You know, why do I work in marketing at the source? And I believe it's important. And then we had, we have three news publications in three counties in Ohio. Our two youngest publications, the lead reporters there decided to challenge the readers. One said that he would eat a raccoon at the raccoon festival if we reached our member goal. And the other said he would jump in the lake in the freezing lake in January for the polar bear dip if we reached our goal. So that really, uh, it was, it made it fun and engaging for the readers. The readers appreciated that, that the reporters were putting something on the line and things that matter to the community, events that mattered. Um, So I'd recommend that engaging the reporters um, to really think about why they do what they do in journalism, why they're passionate about it, how they think they've made an impact in the community, why they care about the readers. That's going to go a long way. And then accompanying that is your typical emails about here's our organization and how we've made impact in the past year. Angie, if you have pictures of the raccoon eating, I will make a donation in order to be able to see those. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Okay. I will go find it. And I hope everyone else does too. Ajanet, I would love to hear any advice that you have for small newsrooms. Um, You know, folks with maybe less than a hundred journalists working in a newsroom, but the folks with 10 people on their staff about how they can really think about how to track impact, even though they might not have large teams. What are, you know, some of those key pieces of advice that you would um, to give to them, would give to them in order to start tracking impact today? Yeah, and it's it's different at a small newsroom in some ways, right? Because you can't roll it up into a nice, big, fat report at the end of the year. However, I'll tell you, I've done this in really small newsrooms, right? And you can get the best stories out of these smaller newsrooms. We we um, I was working with one up in northern Michigan where they were the only reporter in the room when the the um, the town board had decided to switch its ambulance provider to something that was 20 to 30 minutes away versus three to five minutes away, right? And you can easily see why that's a life or death decision. And they're doing that. And you've got one reporter in the room, which is often the case, sadly, around the United States. And that reporter then can have a real impact when they report on that, then they follow up. And in this case, you know, the reporter, she did follow up and she stayed with it. And the town board reversed their decision. And the supervisor who floated the idea in the first place ended up resigning through that, you know, and and because that's one and not 45, doesn't matter a whole lot when you get a chance to talk to your readers about the importance of that. And so maybe you don't do a 45 item report, but you do a column or a story, you know, and you're still able to communicate that. The important thing is, is that you start, you know, even if getting back to tools, you know, you keep a notebook or a Google doc, it's, it's just important to start putting it down. What is it that you wish you would have known when you first started doing this work? That, the tools matter, but it's really not about the tool. And I think, you know, we got pretty crazy in building up something and I was a software developer for a second, but it's it's about your mission, you know, and if, if you can keep that to the front of whatever you're doing to the forefront, that's, that's what's going to carry you through. And then you use the tools that you already use. You know, you already use Google Forms or Google Docs and, or Airtable if that's what you use. I mean, just, just make it simple um, and focus on the mission. 
Thank you both so much. I am ready to start tracking impact all over the place. And I appreciate you all for taking time to teach us more about why this is such a valuable tool for newsrooms to start using today. Great. Thank you, Candice. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you for listening to Newsguest, a production of Lion Publishers. This episode was produced by Jenna Spinelli with editorial support from Ben Desjarnet. Visit lionpublishers.com for more information about Newsguest and the many other resources Lion offers for independent news publishers like you. Newsguest will be back next month with a conversation about preventing burnout. Until then, I'm Candace Fortman. Thanks for listening.